This is the University of Georgia Griffin News, brought to you over WKU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, The Rock 88.9 FM, and stream live on WKURadio.com. This program is to update our listeners on the many and exciting things at the University of Georgia Griffin with Dr. Lou Honeycutt and his guests. The program is made possible by Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms and Murray and Company Realtors. And now today's program with Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Good morning, Griffin, Spalding, and surrounding area. Welcome back to another great edition of the Griffin Campus News. As always, we appreciate our sponsorship with uh, Frank and Carolyn Harris and Murray and Company. And we've got a great show today. I just hope nothing goes wrong IT-wise on the campus today because I have basically the whole IT team with me here today. So if they all get up and leave in a minute and just leaves me here, we'll know something bad happened. But but anyway, we have a great show today. we got four IT people, which is kind of scary to have four IT people in any one place. But four IT people with me today. We've got Lee Taylor, who is the IT Academic Program Manager and has a little connection to this station out here, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and he is working on, on a grad degree at the University of Georgia. He'll be a double dog when? Soon? Uh, May 2020. May 2020. So that very soon. That's cool. Okay. And then we got Doug Stewart sitting next to him, who's the IT senior manager in the College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences on campus. And we have Darius Graves, IT professional principal, College of Ag and Environmental Sciences on the Griffin campus. And last but certainly not least is Avery Bray, who, among other things, Avery, we're going to talk about how you got tour you at the direction you took educationally to get here because i think it's a great pathway but avery bray it professional assistant and uga griffin graduate as well as another college close to here graduates we're going to talk about that in a minute but we're going to start with lee and we're going to do as as any of y'all that have been on the show before with me know you got to do your life story and how you got to this chair right here so lee we'll start with you sure thing so i was born and raised in griffin so i've been here my whole life so i wanted to graduate from spalding high school in 2005 um and finishing there, I actually took a similar path to Avery and went did two years down at Gordon College and got my um, associates in business management there. Uh, from there, I started working with Marilyn Johnson, who actually at the time was, I think, the program coordinator for the College of Ag. Sure. Um, and she's kind of family friends. And kind of worked my pathways and helped me get my classes set up to actually get into UJ Griffin. So got into UJ Griffin and graduated with my general business degree in 2010. Uh, I started as a student worker, actually, my last year, so in 2009, yeah, a year before I graduated, I started as a student worker working in IT um, with Wayne Gardner, actually, who's the sole IT person on campus just about right now. Uh, um, from there, I uh, kind of went from graduated, started part-time, and that kind of eventually led to full-time in academic programs. And at one point, I actually worked over uh, under Bill Bloom, which was Doug's predecessor. Sure. Um, and then kind of came back full-time with academics uh, and then eventually made it up to IT manager. And since then, uh, a year ago, I started my uh, master's degree in business and technology through UGA. Uh, luckily, it's all online, so I'm able to work <laughs> and do all that at night. Um, and now I'm sitting here. So you have the same path as Avery, which I think is great. As yeah. a, and that's the path where we talk about in instruction all the time is the Gordon path to UGA Griffin to points unknown, which for you is another Georgia yes. degree, which it is was, great. I mean, it's worked out perfectly. I was able to, you know, to worry about housing and trying to pay sure. for that in Athens. And <laughs> I was able to like, keep working here. I was close to family. It just, I mean, cost-wise it made sense. And being able to continue working just kind of was a perfect fit. Sure. And then you have a little bit of a connection out here somehow to WK. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. May, May. 
may have grown up and, you know, <laughs> been an unpaid employee for the past 15 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's because everybody listening, I'm sure, knows that, but Lee is the son of Bill Taylor, so uh, who happens to be the boss out here, the owner out here, so... Um, or Lee may be the boss. I don't know. I don't no. know how that works. But um, anyway, so. Do we have one? Uh, I, <laughs> or maybe I, there's not one. I, I think Tony's more of the one that keeps everybody straight. There you go, Tony. There you go. Um, okay, so great. So that's good. Um, and we're going to talk way more about um, academic IT here in just a minute. But let's move on to Doug. Same thing, Doug. Life story. Um, how did you get to this seat right here right now? Well, I was uh, I was born in Piedmont Hospital. Some Something called a rare Atlanta native. <laughs> um, grew up in DeKalb County uh, when Spaghetti Junction was a cloverleaf. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm a little older than Lee. Uh, I graduated from DeKalb County High Schools in 85. Um, got done, <clears throat> was in the Navy for a couple of years. Got interested in computers when I was in the Navy. Uh, then got out and went to Georgia State University. Graduated in 93 with a computer information systems degree from there. I uh, was in the corporate world for about 10 years doing IT work. Um, in 2001, the company that I worked for went under, and I was in middle management. I could either take a pay cut and go be lead tech again, <laughs> or I could travel five days a week. And my uh, wife had just had our daughter, and I decided I did not want to miss those years. So I decided I would become self-employed. So for 14 years, I was a computer guy. Um Actually, 16 years I was self-employed, the last two of those with uh, Liberty Technology here locally right. in town, and uh, then ended up with an opportunity to uh, join UGA Griffin about three years ago, and uh, that's how I got here. And the rest is history, and for better or worse, you were my first hire. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's for better. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about that. But I think I, it's I, well, I have to say it's for better. Well, you do. It's downhill after everybody else. That's just a jab at some of those other folks there that come go. behind me. Of course. Me, so. Of course. That's the they knew who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> so very good, and we're, we're glad you're here too. So Darius Graves, Darius, tell us your life story. Um, I guess mine's not as exciting as everybody else. Uh, <laughs> I started out here in Griffin working for the school system in 2009, and I worked there to about March 2018. Okay, which is when I interviewed with uh, UGA. Got on. Um, I guess I skipped a lot. You did. Where'd you uh, grow? Yeah, tell us where you grew up. Grew up, well, I was born in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. Stayed there five years. Uh, moved to Ohio for another five oh, years. Oh, that's almost Yankee <laughs> country, but that's all right. Yeah. Came back down. We moved to, back to uh, Atlanta in 91 and graduated from Lovejoy High School in 98. So there's still a little gap between that time. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the military and the Air Force for seven years. Bringing this to that's Oh, see, cool. Life. I learned something every day. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah veteran air force awesome got out of 2006 and kind of had a few jobs here radio shack um pizza hut delivery man well, hey, for who a has it? Bit, <laughs> right and i just happened to 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 hear about a job opportunity at Spalding county schools went and volunteered there and ended up getting hired so um here i sit fantastic no that's great and for both y'all two veterans thank you for your service by the way yeah, he he was part of the second largest air force in the world. I was part of the largest air force in the world, even though it's the United States Navy and not the Air Force. Uh, so. 
It's a little competition. <laughs> you know, Doug likes competition. Yeah. Have you noticed that? I do. There's no competition. <laughs> <laughs> the Navy's better. We may have a fight here, an IT fight here in a minute. But All right, Avery, let's move to you. You've been on the show several times, mainly on academic side, talking about right. that. But let's talk about your life story and then also your direction academically. Okay, well, I'm Avery Bray. I grew up, I was born and raised in Pike County, Georgia, and I went to Pike County High School, graduated in 2014. And then um, during the summer between high school and college, I did a small internship at the UGA Griffin campus. It was a summer internship unpaid, <laughs> and um, I worked alongside Lee Taylor and his um, predecessor. And it was a very good experience. I enjoyed it, and I continued my education at Gordon. And after I was done with Gordon, um, at that point, I think I was officially starting to be paid at UGA Griffin because <laughs> I picked up a part-time IT position and then I rolled into a full-time IT sure. position. Yeah. It all is a very blurry through there. It, it was. <laughs> and then you finished a degree at UGA Griffin though. Yes. Because yeah. once I got home, finished my associates in business at Gordon, I went ahead and transferred into UGA Griffin and finished my bachelor's degree there and a um, consumer economics degree. Yeah. Which is awesome. So double major even. So that's awesome. So, I mean, it's a great connection to, and we talk all the time in the academic side, certainly on the show and everywhere else about the staying local, using the local resources like a Gordon State College, and then transitioning right over to UGA Griffin and getting your UGA degree. So that's great. Okay, well, that's great backgrounds. Everybody's got diverse backgrounds, which is which is good. Um, let's talk about one of the one of the major things I want to talk about, and then and I you're going to see the extent of my knowledge of this topic as soon as I finish this sentence because that's it. But I want to talk about fishing, not the kind that I like to do where you lay down and maybe drink an adult beverage and throw a line in the water, but the kind that's destroying. <laughs> lots of lives and lots of of things we want to talk about all those kind of things and then we want to kind of round back around to some upgrades we've done on campus in the the instructional IT and things like that well let's talk Doug let's start with you let's talk about fishing with a ph not fishing with an f right fishing that comes through your emails yes they pretend to be one thing and are way far from and they pretend very very well to be in in many cases they do pretend very very well um the easy ones are easy to spot, you know, broken English, uh, poor grammar, um, lots of things that are easily pointed sure. out. But there are definitely, I've seen a few that have been forwarded to me that I had to do a little background research to figure out whether or not <laughs> this was real or not. Um, I got one for a tutoring opportunity for one of our professors who had received it. And uh, she was like, is this, 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 this sounds real, but is it real? <laughs> and I did a little bit of research, and apparently it, it was not, but... The English was was correct. Um, it did not sound like uh, somebody who learned English overseas two weeks ago who was employed as their English translator or whatnot. Sure. Um, so, but basically, it's one of those things you got to be careful of. Um, you can uh, lose a lot of money. Well, that's <laughs> Nigerian the princes thing. don't want to give you a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, that, and that's just it. We get those all the time. And, and, and my my example um, of how it really scared me is I got an email from Warnell School. One of the schools in the University of Georgia, Athens, is the Warnell School of Forestry. And I got a, a quote-unquote letter, email letter, from someone I'd worked with. And, and you have trained me so well. I've sent you so many things saying, is this real, is this real, is this real? I get this email. It's a letter from this person on letterhead, Warnell School letterhead, and it looks so real. And it's something that we had talked about months ago, but it just didn't even dawn on me until I clicked the the send button that I should have hovered over the address, which I want you to explain too. 
And so as soon as I sent it, I sent it to you. Well, we had to change my password. It caused all kinds of issues. Y'all caught it. Right. But it could have been way worse. And it, it was slick. I mean, it looked – I mean, it, it addressed me as Lou, which is fine, which a lot of letters don't, and spelled it right, which it, all those things fit right in there. But it was a phishing attempt. Right. That's where uh, – what some of the, the difference is now, uh, if – if you got an email from your spouse and they used your pet name in that email, you're probably not going to think twice about whether this is authentic or not. You may or may not wonder why your spouse is asking you for $2,000 via an email. <laughs> but uh, there are some folks that it happens. Uh, maybe in some cases it's a you know supposedly from a boss or from a coworker, and they need you to pay a bill. Um, then you got to be very careful. One of the things you want to do is hover your mouse. It, well. Don't do it from your phone. You can't check these things from your exactly. phone. If you have any concerns or questions about it, look at it from a computer. So you can put your mouse over that return address and make sure the address that pops up matches the address that's listed there. Uh, if it does not, um, it's not going to the person you think it is. Uh, but And I've seen somewhere it's just the return address that's wrong. Every other link in the email is legitimate. It may have like a uga.edu link that's real, and it may have the uh, where they've pulled the uh, signature off of a real email and attached it to the bottom. So you're thinking, oh, this is all legitimate. But instead of it, me sending it back to uh, Lou Honeycut at uga.edu, it's some random individual in Russia or China or. Um, and it, and they're not wanting it just to say hello. They, they don't want not. to become pen pals. That's right. Why are they do? What? Why? Why would they do something like that? The other day, we all got one from the president of the Correct. university that said something like, and it came from his email address, but it said something like, "Hey, how are y'all doing?" Which automatically I knew it wasn't the president of the university. Right. But I'll bet of thirty-two thousand people that got it, there were a bunch that clicked. You know, I don't know, maybe no one because it probably scared them that the president was in. <laughs> but it went out. It looked like something that came from the president. But it so did. why do? Why? What is the fishing for? I mean, why are they fishing? Well, typically, once they get you engaged, they're going to start asking you to confirm information that they don't have, and you've just given them the ability to steal identities, um, make claims. Uh, one of the areas that this happens a lot is actually in the medical industry, so they can file fraudulent insurance claims on your behalf. And if they start getting your home address and your Social Security number and, um, you know, all these different you know, personally identifiable pieces of information, then they can become you. And so almost every time phishing is, is it's the ability to make money, and that's where it's coming from. And that's just crazy. And you tried to explain to me one day, and I, I don't want you to try to explain it here, but the Bitcoin thing, I still don't think I understand it. No. But, I mean, there there aren't there, and is it phishing or some other deal, where cities or counties or businesses are clicking and it locks everything in their system down until they pay a ransom? That Yeah, that's, that's ransomware. Okay. And um, Bitcoin being a virtual money, um, and it is hard to kind of wrap your mind about, but if you think about it, the dollar bill that's in your pocket, the only reason it has value is we assign it value. Right. The, go we, the government says this is worth something. So in Bitcoin, it's the same thing. It's a virtual money that has value. It can be traded for other services in the Internet, over the Internet. So someone says, I'll take Bitcoin, you can pay for it with Bitcoin. But wow. usually to get Bitcoin, you're paying U.S. dollars or whatever to, to get those. Okay. And uh, 
So it, it can be, that's the other reason, usually that phishing email that came in and got some of your information, it may very well also have uh, been a ransomware email. It puts a uh, small program on your computer that later goes out and calls the rest of its buddies down, and you wake up one morning and there's a big note on your computer saying, hey, pay us money and we'll let you back into your files. And uh, it's ama- there are... And there are some times when people are having to pay it if they don't have backups where they can recover from it. And um, and there's even, you can buy insurance policies against it now. Wow. Um, but you have to prove that you're doing your due diligence. They just don't sure. want to pay it out. But uh, well, I hope I'm not planting a seed here. But what's <laughs> to keep you guys from doing that? I think that every day. It, it, well, one we're inside the borders of the U.S., so they can prosecute us. That's part of the issue. In a lot of cases, these bad actors are overseas, and we don't have jurisdiction over. And that's why people are like, how come they can't catch these guys? Well, they're somewhere overseas that may or may not have the the policing abilities. Sure. May not want to. <laughs> Uh, they, you know, who knows? The local authorities well, may very well be getting. with royalty, and, after all. And, yeah, exactly. Sure, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, that, that, I mean, it's, and I want to engage everyone in the conversation, but just um, it, it, I, the reason I wanted y'all to talk about this is one of the things today is this is becoming so, I bet I get, and I send most of them to you, but I bet I get a hundred things a week. And some of them are real. Like I send things to you all the time. You're like, nope, that's real. But because I just am panic now after seeing all these things, but I bet I get 50 to a hundred bogus princes looking for whatever the thing might be a week. And the problem is, or you tell me, y'all all tell me if the problem is, there are people that are clicking even if it doesn't sound logical to click. Because if I'm broke and someone, some prince is offering me $5 million to say yes or say hello, mm-hmm. you know, that's a little tempting. But yep. So is it's that's what scares me being a, a, a big inst- institution like the University of Georgia. There's a whole bunch of people that, and some people click without thinking. And right. I did before I met y'all. I mean, before you, you, the program or before y'all started telling us about all these bad things going on, there was not the Prince things. Mm, I'm, I'm smart no. enough to figure out no one's going to give me $3 million or whatever. But there were things, that, well, the Warren Hill School of Forestry, I mean, there were things I would click without thinking that I don't do that now unless it's some. And even some, I absolutely know. Like, it may be from Avery, and we've been talking all week via email. But but it's just something about it just doesn't look right. Somebody send it to you and say this one doesn't look real. But I've also learned the hover thing. Yeah, and I want you to talk about that a little bit. And, and in some cases, you know, pick up the telephone and call the person who supposedly <laughs> exactly. sent it to you. There's exactly. al- has always that backup. Exactly. But I, I think I agree. With, everybody here would agree with me. And I put this in a lot of my response emails. I'd rather have a thousand people send me a valid email that I say, "Yep, that one's good," versus one person clicking on it and infecting their computer or in turn infecting a network or in turn you sure. know servers being down and that would be sure. and one of the newer ones i've been getting are quote unquote secure docusign requests and and you know you turn you log in and turn over your doc that's electronic signature yep. correct abilities and so and i've caught it uh, but but here lately i've probably gotten four and that was kind of a new thing that i've been seeing and the first one i have to admit was from someone I had just done one, mm-hmm. a real one. And so I thought, oh, I must have missed something, but I, y'all have trained me well. Mm-hmm. So I hovered first, and I'm like, nope, that one's... And then I started watching way closer. But it came from an email address that I'd been working with, and then, boom, it, it, I didn't do it. But 
So to give you a little background on that also, if you get one of those that's prompting you for your information to log in, you think, so what, they logged into my email account. Well, once they've logged into your email account, they can go through that history and find that thread that maybe is continuing. So you've just given them the information to make their phishing email look that much more wow. real and that much more valid. And they will. They'll go look through all of that. That's that's how this, like I said, the one uh, email I was talking about where a spouse the 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 wife had used the husband's pet her prefer- sure, reference name sure. for him in the email and he's like okay and then he was five thousand dollars less rich because oh. of that particular email so yeah that's that's part of it and if you're you know it's always good if you're not expecting it to try and follow up with the individual who actually sent it out um you know just don't don't click on it just randomly no, and that's what I do now is I'll call them or I'll email them yep. directly and say, hey, I just got something fishy from you. Is that? And don't don't hit reply to that message. Exactly. exactly. They'll go, yep, that Good was point. me. Good point. That yeah. was me. Open I a it. new one and send it to them directly. But So, um, and I want to engage everyone in this, this part of the topic, but and we'll come back to some other things in a minute. But I always kid you all about smartphones, and this is how Skynet took over in Terminator. But, but what really worries me as an old person in living in America right now is all the science fiction in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s talked about this kind of stuff and how machines are going to take over and kill us all. So I don't know that that's not part of what's kind of happening because we have turned all of our authority over to electronics, which is Tony's question was great. Y'all don't scare me as a group, but IT people scare me as a group because y'all know what, I mean, do any of y'all not know how to do that? You're not going to admit it if you do. do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For money, anybody can do it. I hate to say it. They have turned turned ransomware into a commodity. Right. And if you can get on the dark web and make contact with the right people for a few hundred dollars, they will customize a piece of ransomware. You get part of it, and they get part of it. And uh, so it's... So we should be checking y'all's bank accounts. Is that what you're saying? You keep, yeah, exa- keep an eye on it. Adding to it. No, no, no. Adding to it. <laughs> That's right. And increase our paycheck so we don't have to go find other means of funding. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'll, I'll send that word up the, the, yeah. the pipeline. But. I'm sure they'll love to hear that in Athens. <laughs> well, okay, let's let's talk IT on the campus. Let's, we'll come away from the negative stuff for a minute. We'll come back to it because I want to talk about artificial intelligence and schmishing which I don't even know what it is. So it's, it's like, I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. I'm too old. But, um, but let's talk about IT on the campus. So, Lee, let's, you, you've been here for a good long while. You know the Griffin campus. But you've recently, and, and let me applaud all four people sitting here and everybody else on IT on the campus. Y'all have done tremendous things with very little budgetary input because we just don't have the funding to do it. So talk about That's why y'all worry me because I know how intelligent y'all are. <laughs> so I'm glad. So don't go to the dark side, the dark <laughs> web. Stay on the good side. But, um, so let's talk a little bit about what improvements you've made. And then in, in doing that, talk a little bit about the age of the equipment you were replacing because sure. I think people that understand technology will understand what we've been working with. Right. Um, so coming into this job, we had a pretty – Nothing had really been updated since the building opened, which was 2009. Right. Uh, so around 2015, 16, when I kind of started taking over things, um, we were kind of combating a lot of equipment that was past the life cycle. So in terms of computers with a business, your life cycle is three to five years typically. So we were closing in on eight and nine <laughs> years, you know, because the building opened in 2009, but all the equipment has to be purchased before that. So it's really a little bit exactly. older. So we had everything from projectors to computers, um, you know, speakers, everything had kind of really gone out of date and was in a pretty dire need of being replaced. 
Um, so luckily, you know, you and I went your first year here and we went and talked to the STF committee and I think in Athens, we actually presented to them and I think that was really a good stepping stone to actually getting additional funding from Athens because Athens has been a huge part of making this transition possible of phasing out our old equipment. Um, so we've kind of gone year by year and replacing, you know, starting from the most critical to the least. And we've gotten to a point now to where we're pretty much, we're in a place where it's getting hard to figure out where we need to spend money, which is an ideal situation. Sure. That's a good place. To um, so we start off with replacing all of our computers because that's step one of a student being in our building is first thing that touches to be a computer, whether it's faculty or anyone else, we have to have a working computer. So we start off there, replace those. Um, the next thing is projectors. So, you know, what the students are seeing as they're in class. So we kind of went through and we replaced those. And we've gone through step-by-step step in the building and replacing everything. Um, so all of our video conferencing systems are now new because they were, you know, by the time that I took the job, they really weren't even making those models anymore. Like, they were two <laughs> generations past that. Right. So we were, you know, we were able to you know, get all that out and go to a new uh, system completely away from the typical teleconferencing to a Zoom setup where everything's cloud-based. You can do it from any device, phone, tablet, computer, anything. And it's that's been huge. Um, and one of the things that I think kind of makes our campus special, too, as far as the technology people on the campus is that in most places – you have IT people that are good at one thing mm-hmm. very specifically, and they excel at that. Um, one of the nice things about our campus is that we all have to have a very broad knowledge of everything, whether right. it's AV-related, um, you know, like it's audio, video, computers, servers, networking. We've kind of encompassed the whole board across. Um, and that's one thing that really differenti- differentiates us. You know, and talking to people from other colleges and listening to them, when they come to our campus, they're all really shocked at, like, <laughs> you know, the response that they get, our knowledge and all. And I think that's it's an experience that's special to our campus. Um, sure. So, you know, that all just, it's, it's the total package and everything that we've been able to do and why we've been able to do it. Because we did it compared to, like, you know, a large university, whether it's Georgia Tech or UGA in Athens, where we did everything on a significantly smaller budget. Oh my and gosh, part yes. of what made that possible is just, us being able to do a lot of it ourselves sure um and it's just we've like i said we've gotten to a point now to where i really feel comfortable and proud for people to come into our building and see all that we've done absolutely you know, and just, of course when you talk about your building the building it's the student learning student center, center that's lost yeah. dollars built it's an incredible building mm-hmm. and not only is it structurally incredible but you now maintain or continue to maintain it as it incredible right. as well so we've done a lot of really neat things you know just in the past year honestly in the past six months um the latest thing we did was our uh, Carol's area, which is basically like a public area where all of our students can come. Um, and it's kind of a quiet place. There's breakout rooms to go around it. And they're all just small break, you know, quiet rooms where you can close the door. It seats about six people. So you can go in there as a small group or you can just go in there and study. Um, and we actually got a pretty large chunk of money from their graduate school exactly. in Athens. <laughs> um, we submitted a proposal to them and they approved it. And then they sent even more money because we said <laughs> we can do more. So, right. so we actually took each of those breakout rooms and because um, prior it was just nothing but a whiteboard and a table. That's all you had. Uh, so Avery and I went in and we um, bought new glass whiteboards that are red because it's UGA. We have to have red. got to have red, um, exactly. Uh, so we took down the traditional whiteboard, put those on each wall. So pretty much wall to wall, you have glass whiteboards to write on. Um, and places the existing whiteboard straight back uh, is now a 75-inch Samsung TV with a small computer mounted behind it and a sound bar. Well, that has a little webcam built in, so you can video conference from those rooms. Um, we really wanted to make it a much more collaborative space uh, outside of those rooms in our Carroll's area. Um, now we've gotten to the point where 
pretty much every single computer in that whole area is replaced. We got brand new Amex from Apple in there. Um, we just put new 27-inch Dell all-in-ones. So it's a... Uh, been fun it's exciting it's always something new to do sure i mean that's great but and then you didn't brag on yourself enough because when you mentioned you breezed across the sdf student tech fees <laughs> the committee that you and i had to go to three i guess it was a three years ago now i think so yeah oh yeah because you're doing it again this year right. the, the third year but and what's funny is that we didn't know what to expect they we didn't know we needed to do a present we knew we had to talk to them but we, it's a group that that meets with all the university to talk about student technology fees and how to spend them and so you and i get there there were two that were presenting they picked two each meeting to mm-hmm. present and so i'm not gonna mention the school in case someone's <laughs> listening in athens but we were we were the second group they were the first and it was the worst presentation i think i've probably <laughs> ever seen in my life but what it told you and i were looking at each other like i didn't know we had to have slides no <laughs> so, i'll be honest and, and going into that meeting when i sat down and i saw what they're doing they had a prezi presentation which is basically did. powerpoint on steroids and so when I sat down and I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be so bad because all I have is paper handouts. Exactly. We just, <laughs> so I was so, sweating bullets before they started. Well, we started kind of whisper planning during theirs because we, obviously we weren't listening to theirs. It, really, it, it looked flashy, but yeah. that's all. And so we did a little history of the station and the campus real quick, or I did, and then I flipped it over to you. And let me tell you, you blew them away. And this was the first experience that they had had with us. It in, They were engaged where they were – I mean, almost sleeping in the first one, they engaged with you. And as a result, it, we'd already had some support from uh, VP Tim Chester, and, and right. he's been incredible. But from that one meeting, we started getting you got us attention from Athens, and it's been incredible. Hmm. Same way with the graduate school. And so for everyone listen, I want everybody to understand – a lot of times people say, what does Athens ever do for Griffin? Let me tell you, there's a million things they do for us. But on the IT side, Tim Chester, IT, and the STF committee has been incredible All with right. funding and opportunities yeah. for us. Out of, out of those meetings from purely STF, because we get a base allocation every year from our students right. paying student technology fees. Um, but every year we get the opportunity to submit proposals for additional funding. It's a one-time request, um, and we can submit up to five. So every year I submit proposals. So following that meeting that year, and since then, we've gotten, I think, somewhere around one hundred fifty dollars to $200,000 from just that additional funding. Right. So Athens sends support. <laughs> <laughs> it's been incredible. And then this year, unfortunately, I'll be gone when you present. Yeah. You're going to blow them away anyway. We'd already had our start our planning session for really doing a, a really great PowerPoint to, to do it. But, again, the whole point of me saying that, and I know we got to take our bottom-of-the-hour break, but – is we didn't have the the flashy uh, right. uh, presentation, but we had you. We had the we had the the knowledge. You were answering their questions, and I think one of the things that you, and you mentioned it that they picked up on very quickly is you didn't have just one focus. Hmm. It was, I mean, it's campus wide. It's not just the student learning center. Right. So anyway, and that was that, that was great. That's something that we strive to do. You know, Avery and I, especially working more on the academic side uh, with students directly, is you know. We try to tailor an experience that really focuses on our students. So anything we do, we want to give the students an experience that, honestly, like, I look at Athens and I'm like, how can I do that one step better? Right. You know, I want to give our students an experience that they really can't get anywhere else and just take everything just one step further. Sure. And even went up and showed them how to do a, a, or a, a ITV lab at one point or how to, to dial into, I can't remember what it was, set yeah. up a classroom to do. Um, yeah, so that was actually is, when we first started to buy into Zoom uh, as our right. video conferencing solution for the university. Um, I went up to Athens and actually 
kind of did a training thing. And we had people from the Franklin College there, Terry College. I think special education came. Actually, multiple colleges. And that was that was very very early on when uh, there were only a handful of people that were actually sure. involved. With. No, that's great. So we, you, the training went back the other way. That was, I think that's great. Well, Tony, let's take our bottom of the hour break. We'll come back and, and get Darius and Avery in the conversation, too, and talk more about IT at the University of Georgia Griffin campus. You're listening to the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News on AM 1450 WKU. Also heard on 102.3 FM as well as 88.9 FM, The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. We're streaming live on the web at WKEUradio.com and are available for your free app for your smartphone and tablet devices. Our morning program continues after this. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms, We Build Forest, and Murray Company Realty, proud supporters of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and proud to bring you this installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News over WKEU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, and 88.9 FM, The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. The Harris's involvement with the students of today ensure for our community a brighter tomorrow. Everything you ever wanted to know about information technology in the University of Georgia Griffin, but were afraid to ask. Well, Lou Honeycutt's not afraid to ask the pertinent <laughs> questions to the IT department at the UGA program and the UGA Griffin campus department. So here he is back with this morning's program. Thank you, Tony. Welcome back, everybody. I'm sitting today with four of the scariest people I know because they could literally shut us all down at any given time if they... Uh, if they wanted to, but they choose to go on the bright side and the light side, which is a good thing. But So we are talking with uh, Lee Taylor, who's an IT academic program manager on the Griffin campus, Doug Stewart, an IT senior manager on the Griffin campus, Darius Graves, IT professional principal on the Griffin campus, and Avery Bray, IT professional assistant on the Griffin campus. We have the most and longest titles on the, the UGA of, of everybody, of anybody. But Okay, so Darius, let's let's go to you. Let's involve. We've, we've been talking about fishing and, and improvements to the campus, but let's talk about kind of the standard IT day, and I know there's no standard IT day, but Doug mentioned in the break, let's talk about some of the phone calls you get, but what are, let's, what's kind kind of your your typical IT day like and I know it's not not typical but what are kind of some of the calls you go out on because let me let me preface that by saying anyone on campus can basically call any of y'all but but certainly Darius and Doug um, on the research side or to do you know well like me I'll call and say Doug that thing still won't work can you but I will guarantee you one of you walk in my office it's like taking a car to the mechanic it'll be making the noise all the way to the driveway and then it quits Doug or you will walk in my office and literally whatever was had gone wrong, go, and then I know y'all think I'm lying because it's just, it's just working again. My car works the same way, so I, I, I trust people. It's so, Darius. What are some of the things that you get called to do? Uh, we get we get calls about everything from printers not working to emails not pulling up, screens uh, not coming in. Uh, have you ever have you ever had anybody call you and say their computer won't come on and they haven't turned it on? Yes, but you know I consider I consider that like a good ticket. Oh, sure, that's <laughs> good. Whenever I can come in and just, and just press something or push the plug back into the screen, that's that's good. I like that. I always tell people um, um, 
when it's a ticket like that, like, hey, you know how to make up anything you want to see us. <laughs> Just send us an email. We'll come by. You know, we'll be friendly and we'll get it done. So, well, to me, and here, there's another point to make. I think there's a, a misconception in the world that IT people are boring, All right? <laughs> and and set in their own world and don't have personalities. I'm telling you, the four people sitting here that you break the mold continuously. We're we're not the normal mold. I will agree with that. <laughs> the, the four of us have much more personality than can be found in some, I won't say all, but some. But I think part of that, I think Lee touched on this, I think part of that is y'all aren't, it's it's like researchers or anybody else. If you're so isolated on one area of something, it's easy to not focus on the other stuff and kind of be outgoing or anything. You guys don't get a chance to do that. you got to be ready for, I know the things I ask y'all about. Because it'll be simple things, but it's like five minutes before a meeting and something won't work and y'all drop what you're doing and run over and fix it. I mean, it's it, there's... It, you don't can't say that's not my job. Right. I've never heard any of the four of y'all say that's not my job. Nah, we like to keep our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you're probably amongst yourself text and say, "Oh God, it's Honeycut again." We all know, <laughs> but to me, you don't. So that's good. <laughs> we refer to that last line in every uh, job description. Other duties, other as, duties assigned. as assigned. That's right. They're they're in all of them. Um, I don't want Darius to expand a little bit because I will say, if you get a random phone call from your IT support people and they're not on campus, or even if they you think they might be, um, and you realize at some point in time something's wrong with this phone call, that would be referred to a vishing, which is a voice phone call. And uh, we got one not too long ago where one of our folks on campus called us. And if you have one of those, just go ahead and tell us that you got the phone call. <laughs> I'll tell Dar- let Darius explain uh, kind of how that went through with our uh, – our one call where the user couldn't log in. And as Darius interviewed that individual, he found out a little bit more information. So yeah, let's, talk about let's that hear a little that one. That's, that's a, I'll probably be scared to death after you tell us, but let's hear that one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's my father actually had a, a similar okay. incident, but this particular incident on campus um, got a what I thought was a routine call from Doug, but hey, go check out this this issue. Um, when I got down there, it, it, it looked a little funny. The screen was, was logged out, and it wouldn't take our administrative Ooh. password. So after a little bit more investigation, um, I decided to ask, like, hey, um, did you give control of your computer to this person? And the answer was yes. Oh, so okay. at that point, then it, it's the interview From a phone over. call. Right, From a right, phone call, okay. Right. Anytime you, you, first off, I'm going to run back. Never allow anybody to take control of your computer. <laughs> you know, nobody um, is going to tell you, um, hey, you got a virus. Hey, you need an update. Just give me your, your permission to get into your computer and we'll fix it for you. If you see something like that, just call us. Uh, you know, my name is listed on the directory mm-hmm. as, as well as my boss, Doug's, <laughs> Lee's, uh, Lee's and Avery's. Um, so, long story short, once we figured out that the computer had been um, given access to, we just unplugged it, get off the network, take it back to the office. So, wow. we don't want that to happen. It can happen. We realize that um, those kind of messages can be scary to see. Hey, your computer's infected, or hey, you got to do this real quick, or it's a critical. They always use words like that, too. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Emergency, you, yeah, critical, it's, it's all those critical. things. That, it's yeah. going to happen. There's an urgency. Yeah. Urgency, yeah. That's yeah. A if you big get one. something like that, just reach out to one of us. 
They can even call you, and you can uh, tell them to call it. Uh, yeah, I would just <laughs> forward it on. I would panic and forward it on to y'all immediately. But right. so, so, but let me ask that. Let me ask the question: Can could a call like that, or did? Is there an opportunity for that to infect the network as well? I mean, because that yes. computer's networked, right? I believe so. Yes, yes. Wow. So that is that's so, and again, that didn't happen. So that's a no, good thing. Yes, but. No. But the other thing for everyone listening from the University of Georgia Griffin campus that are, are listening right now, y'all don't – if it's not one of the four of y'all um, – If it's not your normal IT professional. If it's not your normal IT professional, which we yeah. have others on campus. Correct. But, so right. if it's not yeah. someone you expect – like you will log into mine, Doug, sure. occasionally, but I'm on the phone with you and like, hang on a minute, let me log in and see what's going on. But it's not somebody from Bangladesh or somebody that, yep. that right. says they need to get into my computer. And, and for folks that are off campus – Microsoft and Intel and McAfee and all these other security uh, IT companies will not call you if your computer is infected. If they call and say that they are, just hang up on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if not, <clears throat> they're going to uh, want some money from you. And you know, if you have to run to the store and buy a prepaid uh, card to pay them, <laughs> or you need to get an iTunes card. Uh, they're not bad. Something they're wrong. not real. Uh, additionally, on top of that, since it's kind of related, the IRS will not call you. They do everything via certified mail. Exactly. Uh, I guess if you're really bad, they might knock on your door. But again, that's better than <laughs> a telephone call. So um, if they say they're going to call the police, if you don't give them your credit card number, tell them to send them, and you'll have a conversation with the local authorities because sure. they're never going to show up. But mm-hmm. I have heard of those phone calls. I've experienced some of those phone calls actually. Get on YouTube and say you know, and search for. IRS scammers, you can listen to folks that spend an hour oh, wow. on the phone with these guys trying to get back at them for, for the calls. But Well, uh, I know a lot of the targeting, we get tons of it on, on, a, on a campus, but I know a lot of the targeting is done towards elderly who use computers. But And my mom's a great example. She doesn't have a computer, but she, <coughs> we find, well, I don't know if she even has a smartphone, but she's got a close to smartphone. But anyway, she if, if someone were to call her, they, it, the scary language that they use could very easily make her do something that, that she wouldn't even think twice about because she didn't know any better. She doesn't have one of the four of y'all for me to call and say, what is going on? So, I mean, it's very scary to me that this happens everywhere, and it's got to be a billion-dollar industry, I don't know, or a trillion-dollar They keep doing it because they make money exactly. at it. Exactly, which is just so, you know, it just shouldn't be. A, should, there's a, a word yes. I don't like, it shouldn't, shouldn't, but it just shouldn't be allowed to happen, but I know it does constantly. But Okay, let's shift to a positive <laughs> positive note again. We're going negative, positive, <laughs> negative, positive. Avery, I want to talk about education. I want to talk about academic education that you've had growing up, or growing up, all the way growing up, but you're just so young now that... <laughs> Um, but, I mean, let's talk about your experience at, at uh, Gordon, your experience at UGA Griffin, in particular with the, certainly in UGA Griffin with the IT experience you had in the classroom, too, because we're fortunate to have so much support from Athens that a lot of our classes are broadcast to us, which means we don't have to have 30 kids in a class to, to offer them. So let's just talk yes. academics, your experiences. Okay. Well, at Gordon, I had like 30 people in a class. Okay. Sometimes the, the rooms were overpacked. You had to fight to find a seat. Sure. Everything like that. And then once I transferred to UGA Griffin, the class sizes were smaller. The teachers actually knew all of us by name on like the second day of class, sometimes even by the end of the first day of class, <laughs> sometimes even before class. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and um, it was very nice because with the smaller class size, you really get to know everyone. And it's really a community feel throughout the entire campus. 
And um, when it comes to from a technology side, there is a multiple times I had to take an online class or a class that was in Athens. And for those, we um, just video conference in. And using the technology that was available on the Griffin campus was very nice because we have these big TV screens that you can just look at the entire classroom, have the PowerPoint on one TV, and then the other TV be looking at the class or the professor. And then at any time we needed to, like, interrupt or ask a question, it always seemed as if the people in Athens were able to hear us clearly. We were able to hear them clearly. And it was almost as if I was there in Athens. And that, I think that's a great point that, because people ask me all the time, how do you keep all the faculty there to have um, the number of programs y'all have, nine undergrad and seven graduate? Well, we don't. I mean, we don't have to because we can do different things, Internet-based or online classes the ITV or the video conferencing classes. And again, it helps us be able to continue to offer the things that we do. And I know, and you tell me if I'm wrong, it, nothing's better than having the teacher stand in front of you. Oh, yeah, but nothing will be better than that. But to save a four-hour journey to, uh, you know, to go to a class in Athens, it's like me going to meetings. It's a day because you're two hours over, two hours back, and then whatever your meeting is, you've wasted a big part of a day at the very minimum. You can save all that be at the Griffin campus and get the same experience or at least the same class. Maybe it's not the teacher in front of you, but the ones that do it well engage well and make the experience, I think, beneficial. Oh, yes. And yes, it's um, always better to have an actual teacher there, but being able and having the capability to dial into basically any class in Athens, that really opens it up because at that point you are open to take almost any class that you need for your degree program, and there is everything available to you. Sure. And so we, when did you start your master's? Um, I started my master's this semester. This semester? Okay, I knew. I thought it was the summer. But it's, and then tell me what it's going to be in. Uh, it's a master's in business technology. Cool. And it is, it's the same one you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what school is it out of? Um, it's through the Terry College Terry of Business. Terry College of Business, which is awesome. So that's, that's incredible. And so that's, um, that's not a program we offer on the Griffin campus, but you're sti- it's online. So it's you're online. able to do it from anywhere, which is great. And still work, still work and do all the things that you are doing on campus so that, that's great so overall would you recommend and you know i'm sitting here so you have to <laughs> would you recommend the experience you've had to other students and i know you already have because we've talked about this a lot but honestly yes and it's not just because well my boss and my boss's <laughs> boss are in this room <laughs> but it's because i actually did enjoy the experience being able to stay close to home and be able to get a uga education and get a uga experience and keeping uga connections and networking and that, I think that's extremely well said, and, and that brings us to the point we always like to make. A degree at the University of Georgia Griffin campus is the same degree you get at the University of Georgia Athens campus or any other University of Georgia yes. campus. There are no University of Georgia Griffin campus degrees. They're a University no. of Georgia degree. And so you get the, I always say it this way, I've, I've been so happy with my time in Griffin because I have the power of the University of Georgia in a little tiny package down here, which is what I like. When I graduated with my two bachelor's degrees from Griffin, um, I went ahead and went to the Athens ceremony. Oh, awesome. So I participated in the Griffin graduation ceremony, and then I also went to the Athens ceremony. And going there, I figured I was just going to be completely lost. I wasn't going to know anyone. I was going to be an outcast. But just standing in the crowd of all the graduates from the University of Georgia, it just felt amazing. And we all just kind of clicked and connected as if we all had this connection because we're all part of the University of Georgia. That's awesome. Well, that's a great segue to go to our, our last break of the day. So, Tony, I'll turn it over to you.
Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms, We Build Forest, and Murray Company Realty, proud supporters of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and proud to bring you this installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News over WKEU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, and 88.9 FM, The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. The Harris's involvement with the students of today ensure for our community a brighter tomorrow. And announcements from the University of Georgia Griffin campus. For the fourth consecutive year, the University of Georgia has been ranked in the top 20 among public universities by U.S. News and World Report. Criteria such as academic quality and graduation rates, as well as high degree completions, are factors in the ranking. The University of Georgia is one of only two universities in the Southeastern Conference to be listed among the nation's top 20 public universities. The UGA Research and Education Garden is hosting Scarecrows in the Garden on October 15th and October 31st. If you know a business or organization that would like to create a scarecrow to display in the garden, please contact the campus at 770-228-7243. The garden is open during daylight hours for a leisurely walk, lunch, or just a break during your day. For more information, visit the Facebook page at UGA Research and Education Garden Events. The garden is located at 129 West Ellis Road, just west of the UGA Griffin campus. Campus tours are scheduled throughout the years. Prospective students and their families are invited to learn more about what the University of Georgia Griffin campus has to offer. For a complete list of dates and to register, call 770-412-4400. The campus store, located on the first floor of the Flint Building at 1109 Experiment Street, is freshly stocked with officially licensed UGA apparel, souvenirs, and gifts. There's no time like the present to get your Bulldog shirts, hats, flags, mugs, banners, and more. The regular campus store hours are Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. And the Office of Continuing Education offers various programming throughout the year for the public. Be sure to check for future upcoming programs at the website www.griffin.uga.edu and click on Continuing Education. Time now to continue today's University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. Real quick, just one thing I want to throw in that is very classy that the University of Georgia is doing this weekend. The Bulldogs have a scheduled game against Arkansas State at Sanford Stadium on Saturday, and they're advising any Georgia fans going to the game to wear at least some speckle of pink in their attire and going to the game. This will be in honor of Arkansas State head coach Blake Anderson, whose wife, Wendy, passed away due to complications from breast cancer about a month ago. It's a real classy act by the University of Georgia, so if you're going to the game, you know, honor their request and try to wear just a little bit of pink. Now let's return to the proceedings to Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Thanks, Tony, and thanks for mentioning that. I think that's a great deal as well. Um, we are talking IT today, information technology, with four of our, our people. The, I guess I'm going to say the main four. I mean, four of the people that I deal with the most in IT on the campus. And, again, four of the scariest people I know because of what they could do if they listened to that Darth Vader music and went to the dark side. But So let's talk. We've talked about fishing and vishing. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about schmishing, which... <laughs> schmishing is basically the same as a, it's a email that comes... Or, it's a text message. Okay. So it's the same thing. Um, it may claim to come from your bank. There may be some urgency. There's a problem with your account. Click this link and log in. Don't do it. If you're concerned there may be a problem with your account, go to a computer, open up a browser, go to your bank, log in. If there's a problem, it'll pop right up. Um, you do not want to click on a link. 
in a uh, text message that you're not expecting um, because more than likely you're going to give somebody access to your bank account. So that's wow. what smishing is. That's smishing being a voice, a voice phone call and then phishing being the emails where that's somebody's trying to gain access to your stuff. And, then, and so I'm assuming as, as prevalent as texting is mm-hmm. in the world today. I mean, I, I watch people walking on, and I'm not, not necessarily on our campus, but on the main campus in Athens constantly. I don't know how they don't get run over because they're constantly looking down with both their thumbs in action walking. It's funny, they actually it. sent out an email yesterday talk regarding I, that. Exactly. Um, heads up, Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, where they're trying to get folks to get the earplugs out of their ears, yep. put the phone down, pay attention to where they're walking so they're not in their own little world. So they either don't step out in front of a car or, you know, some other, you know, walk into a pole. Seen some of that. Well, it's amazing <laughs> to watch the because I watch them. I'll sit, well, if I'm waiting for meetings, I'll sit on North Campus Quad and just enjoy the, the quad. But And I'll just watch people. It's just fun to watch people. But it is amazing the number of people that can walk text and without ever looking up and walking a straight line i i'm truly amazed at the multitasking <laughs> capabilities that i'm seeing but it's just dangerous and in georgia vehicles have to stop for pedestrians but that but it doesn't mean they're going to <laughs> and if you just step off a curb you're going to lose that battle at any moment whether you're in the right or wrong but it just worries me so i was glad to see the heads up dog information come out but but again back to what i really tell me if i'm wrong i mean i'm assuming texting these smishing things are becoming more and more and more prevalent because of sure. how prevalent texting is. I mean, I'm a victim of it, too. I text all the time um, because it's just an easy way to... We've lost... Again, it's how technology is going to kill us all, but we've lost that personal touch. I will text friends, especially family, that I know have their phone with them. Or I, let me rephrase it. I will call family that I know have their phone with them, and it'll go to voicemail. Then I'll text them and say, answer your phone. Call back. <laughs> oh, immediately they answer. Well, they would rather text than talk. I don't get that, but anyway, it's a generational. Thing. It is. I'm just old. I know that. Me but. too. Yeah. It's time saving. <laughs> yeah, we've got a younger generation <laughs> person here. Do you talk more on the phone, Avery, or do you text more? I definitely text more on text the phone. more than talk. Well, that's because that way I can multitask and do other things <laughs> and walk with your earbuds in. I've never seen. You I don't walk do that. With your earbuds in. I've never seen you do that. But. Okay, so that's that's smishing. So we had fishing, fishing, and smishing. Yep. That's that's just saying those is scary to do. But let's talk about the the one that may scare me the most a little bit, and that's the artificial intelligence doing this. Because again, that's how Skynet took over in Terminator. So it's it, it's Google, Siri, and Alexa all joining forces and taking care of the human population. Exactly. So. I Robot, another <laughs> great movie to watch when the robots take over. Yeah, I, I think the scariest thing that I recently uh, read was. A British company, um, someone working there, received a phone call that was an artificially an artificial intelligence generated phone call, asking them to transfer two hundred and twenty thousand euros, and the the artificial intelligence was basically impersonating the 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 head of the company's voice. Wow! So I I don't necessarily you know maybe they managed to get recordings of him or they were able to put it together. But uh, that's that's going to be scary when when that becomes prevalent because AI is obviously making great advances every day. I know a lot of folks like to pick up their phone and ask Siri to do something, and you know it wouldn't take it wouldn't take much for Siri to turn around and answer you in your own voice because she has so many samples of your voice. Um, sure. So that's that. I, you're right. That I, and I don't know how you verified that the uh, person on the other are, are you who you say you are. Yes. Of course yes, I, I am. am. Yes. <laughs> 
Well, and that, that to me is, is extremely scary. The other scary thing, and you've talked to me about this before, so I want to hear the experiences y'all have had, is how everything's listening anyway. Because, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you how this happened. The other day I was standing in my office, and I was talking about to one of the people in my office, about, and I just mentioned the word mortgage banking. I mean, and I, don't, I didn't have, my phones were here, and my, I mean, they were sitting around. I had not hardly gotten back to my computer, and an email ad came in for mortgage banking. Mm-hmm. And that scares me to death. To think that I didn't have anything on to listen, I didn't think. But not that, I mean, I have a really boring life. If anybody's listening to me, they're going to be really bored. But to think that I could walk in just the room, speak to someone, and then all of a sudden get information about that, that scares me. That's very scary. Yeah, I, I had a similar conversation with somebody about indoor cell reception. Not something I deal with on a daily basis, and sure enough, I got back to my desk. I had an email regarding indoor cell reception. So that's I got to think y'all, there's y'all a little that? more listening going on than we think. Yeah, have y'all had that so, happen too? I mean, oh, yes. oh, yeah. With Google, uh, definitely. Well, and then I got one from at work one day that said they had turned my camera on and they were going to report everything I was doing. Well, at work, I'm like, you know what? Report away. I mean, I didn't, I didn't reply, but I'm like, you know, there are people that that would panic them to death. Mm-hmm. But y'all had given me a little thing that closes off my camera okay. anyway. <laughs> I didn't know that. I walked in one day and was there. I went to a meeting like, we can't see you. I'm like... Well, everything's working. I'm like, well, we, it's black. I'm like, well, I don't know. So I was about to call you. And I looked up, and there was this little slide. <laughs> I had to slide up. Poof, you could see me. But so anyway, that to me, that's a very scary component of everything. So let's let's go around the room real quick. We're coming to the end of the show, and let's just talk about what what do y'all see coming next for IT or for in the positive, not in the negative. We've talked about the negative a whole lot, but let's talk more about the positive. And so I'm gonna start over here with Avery. What do you see coming next, or what do you hope comes next, or what? And maybe the Skynet thing, which again scares me, but maybe it doesn't scare you. But what's coming next in IT for it for in education? For education, mm-hmm. I definitely see an AI getting more involved with education, where it'll automatically know how to do some things and automatically handle some things for students. And the other thing that we even back in Texas before I came here, we were they were we had a demonstration on immersion classrooms, and they were basically three D. It was. I mean, they were way too expensive for us, but they came out and demonstrated for free. But you were basically almost in a virtual classroom with everyone else. So it's like video conferencing that mm-hmm. we do, but it looked like we were sitting in the same room with the people. Almost like a VR experience. Almost like a VR experience. So to me, I, I that would be kind of cool. It would certainly help the experience on the video conferencing if you really felt like you were sitting and you were, the teacher was walking towards you and, I mean, all that. So... Um, anything negative that you see coming besides the smishing <laughs> with all you texting I mean, young people? there is a lot of negative things, but <laughs> not necessarily anything that um, impacts education other than online programs and not having the actual teacher there. That can necessarily not always be great. That can sure. not always be great. Depends totally on the teacher, yeah. I mean, on the engagement of the teacher. Darius, what do you see positive coming in your your area of, of IT? Um. No, I've been following this, uh, the 5G that everybody's talking about. Okay. I, I, I kind of feel like that's going to that's gonna change the way we do things, maybe, um, as far as, I know we don't really deal with academics like they do. Sure. But I can, I can see as the smartphones become more capable, um, plus and minus, they'll be, the kids will be able to do more with the phones, but also that can open us up to some... Yes, nefarious sure. things happening. <laughs> you know, more technology, more capabilities. They, what can they do? They, we just finished talking about phones listening in. Exactly. You know, so 
That's Skynet, I'm telling you, Skynet. It's you know we have Star Trek was such a great movie because we have all the things from Star except the transporters, which I wish <laughs> we did have. But we have communicators, we have all those things. We don't have replicators yet, but but then we've got Terminator and Skynet. So anyway, <laughs> I, I know I, I stay a little paranoid about that. So Doug, negative or positive? Not negative, positive things coming. Po- out. I, I think I, I agree with Avery. I think virtual reality classrooms are going to be probably, especially where. The younger generation doesn't necessarily want to be in the room with sure, other people. Sure, uh, I give my son a hard time. He can be sitting next to someone texting them instead of looking at them and talking to them. <laughs> so I, I can see where, especially with the generation coming up, they will prefer to be in a virtual reality classroom. Sure. And I think, and, and again, and also as Darius said with the 5G, it makes it that much more possible because of the data capabilities of 5G. Um, you know, So maybe you go in your room and... At some point in time, you won't even need a headset, I'm guessing. But, right. you know, that, that'll put little implants in your head, and you'll just see whatever okay, you want to see. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But the cool thing about that, you could be in rural Georgia or rural anywhere. And Correct. You could, you could step in a classroom in Athens, Georgia, and take a class, which yep. I do see that as really incredible right. technology for the future. But Okay, Lee, you got the last word. What's the po- Let's leave on a positive. On, on What's the positive. really positive? Uh, I can tell you, I think VR would be definitely something in the future. I think more recent, more more upcoming, closer um, this is something we expect to see is more hybrid classes. Okay. Um, and it's a trend that we've kind of started to see, especially since we've adopted Zoom. So it was with Zoom being able to do it from any device, smartphone, tablet, computer, anything. Um, you know, instead of coming having to come to campus three days a week or two days a week, if it's Tuesday, Thursday, um, we've had classes that have decided to start meet on Tuesday, not Thursday, let's meet online. Okay. And, you know, one of the advantages that it gives us is, you know, Perfect example, we had a student that got stuck at the airport in New York, and sure. he was able to watch his class on his phone. Um, but I think those hybrid-type classes are something you'll start to see pop up more and more. They're starting to really take off, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a much bigger presence of that across the university. That's awesome. And, and really with the type of student that we don't even – non-traditional, traditional used to be real clear-cut when I was mm-hmm. younger and because traditional was 18-year-old, non-traditional was a 25-year-old. There is no, the lines cross so much, mm-hmm. and most of our student body work, some have families. They have so much going on that, that taking out a day having to be on campus is incredible. For right. Them. So I agree. I think hybrid is a, another big thing. Yeah. And you wanted a negative, so a quick little negative sure. would be that you don't have an excuse to stay home sick anymore because you can just pull it up on your phone. <laughs> Especially if it's virtual. You go to a virtual office and, and work. That'd be, that'd Can't be, spread germs. That, ooh, now see, I, you know, I'm there's a positive like twist on that. <laughs> there's a positive twist on that. And then Skynet takes over and we're all dead. So, all right. Well, listen, we're, thank you all so much for coming to talking to fishing, smishing, vishing, and everything good about IT as well. I appreciate everything you all do, keeping the campus up and running. So with that said, Tony, I guess we'll do it for the day and we'll come back next week and do it again. We thank you for joining us for this week's installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News on the WKEU platform of stations. Dr. Lou Honeycutt now on a 166-hour, 23, 166-hour and 54-minute break. He'll be back next Thursday morning at 9 a.m. for the next University of Georgia Griffin Campus News.